Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, a Cardinal podcast that will definitely not be winning Comeback Podcast of the Year. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. You know, it's just good to be nominated for the awards. You know, there's a lot of fine people in this category, so I'm, I'm just happy to be among them. Did uh, That's pretty bold of you to even assume within this bit that I've created that we were nominated. <laughs> I mean, we came back. We, we fulfilled I, the criteria. Is it I good? No. We were eligible. Yeah, there as, we go. As the best yeah. you can say. Yes. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well... We're going to be talking about all the recent Cardinal awards. We're going to continue to dive into the Cardinal offseason and the hot stove rumors. And we're going to talk about all of the news that's been happening from around the league. idea for the opening joke to us at talk about birds ben what a, what a huge week wow we've got what a big week massive um, week massive week um of course i'm of course talking about thanksgiving uh shout out to all of our united states listeners and those of you who are celebrating thanksgiving ben are you a big thanksgiving guy no no i don't no. care about it no i'm kind of um I'll I'll just put it all out there for you, Nate. As I've gotten older, I kind of just don't care about holidays anymore. I don't care about Christmas. I don't care about Thanksgiving. Um, wow, you're a real I Grinch. I know, and I <laughs> I don't even care. I just don't care. Like, yeah. So no, I don't really care about Thanksgiving. Um, I am baking some items for our Friendsgiving celebration, so I'm I'm more looking forward to my baked items than. Uh, you know, celebrating colonialism and, and uh, the whitewashing of America's uh, <laughs> native people. Um, but yeah, mm. no, I don't really care. Mm. When you, uh, when you, you? <laughs> when you, well, uh, give me a tough <laughs> spot here. Uh, I wanted to ask when you arrive at this celebration that you're attending, are you going to make it clear out of the gates that you don't want to be doing this? Well, I've sent, a, I've sent an email and then, yeah, obviously I will stump for 10 to 15 minutes about my, my issues, but yeah, you know, no, no, I, I, uh, no, I, you know, people don't want to hear people say that they don't like Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. <laughs> like, no, nobody wants to hear that. So that's why I kind of just, I don't know why you I'm talking about it. it. Yeah. 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 It's good radio. Um, <laughs> I would have, I would have assumed you love Thanksgiving, maybe, you know, not for all of the, um, everything you share the intent and 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 origination of thanksgiving but rather arguably top two ham based holidays and so right i figured for you like this is you know it the meaning has shifted to just be ham focused yeah yeah um yeah i like the food uh shout out gordo he's he's uh smoking and he's brining and smoking a turkey not sure if ham is going to be on the menu um, but yeah, no, I, obviously sure I like, yeah, I, I, obviously I like food. Um, but yeah, I guess that's, <laughs> that's where it starts and stops. Like we could, I would also be fine if we were just like, Hey, it's, um, September, uh, 21st, big time to eat day. Like we're yeah. all going to make a big old meal. Like that would be fine with me as well. 
Well, most United States holidays have regressed all the way down to just like, this is a drinking one. This is an eating one. This is a drinking one. This is the one where we give each other gifts that we are just buying off of each other's Amazon lists. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I mean, I, of course, agree with you on the um, the like where Thanksgiving comes from um, and why we celebrate it. Maybe not great anymore, but the actual getting like the the end result of the holiday. This is one of my more favorite ones, which is just sitting around and eating food. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're we're deep frying a turkey, which is really smoking. Sounds great. But yeah. um, don't yeah, blow yourself eat, up, dog. Yeah. That is uh, pretty high on the list of things I'm trying not to do on yeah. a regular basis. Uh, and deep frying a turkey is definitely one where I get closest to the possibility of it. Um, <laughs> generally, so uh, generally, I'm avoiding combustibles um, just in general. But, yeah. uh, you know, you got to, you know, no pain, no gain, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Keep, yeah. Keep saying words. That's. I agree anyway, happy Thanksgiving, Ben. I I know you're you love it. <laughs> so I like can, I like that we don't have to work. Is that good? Hey, yeah. Now that's the American way, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, I well, I could rant about that too. Like the amount of American work holidays is bullshit. We should have way more. Um, <laughs> I yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well. Good chat. Uh, I guess we'll. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know it's curmudgeonly. I don't really yeah. care, though. Screw it that, all. Well, I guess if you're going to be a curmudgeon, just at least you're consistent where you're a curmudgeon about being a curmudgeon. Yeah. <laughs> so. mm. Cool. All right. Um, so I guess let's talk the, the biggest thing to happen in the last week, uh, a culmination of a, a wonderful season. One of the better seasons we've seen uh, as Cardinal fans really since Albert Pujols left, if not the best offensive season we've seen it from a Cardinal since Pujols left. Um, Paul Goldschmidt, he's your NL MVP. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I would say that that season was quite Pujolsian. Holsian. Pujolsian. Pujolsian. Albert-esque. Albion. No, I I think like this was basically a foregone conclusion, you know, before September started. It just seemed like that was the way it was going, even with Paulie kind of falling off in the last three or four weeks. He was just so dominant all year. I think there's also some narrative stuff around this, like this guy probably should have won a couple of gold, uh, gold gloves, should have won a couple of MVPs in his career, but has been ousted, you know, just barely. And then he, you know, I, I think there's something to say about him having the best offensive year um, you know, obviously a few years in now, but away from the offensive uh, like environment that is Arizona. Um, right. STL is a hard place to to hit the baseball. Um, so I, I think it, like he just really, really put together a fantastic season. And I think uh, I'm, I'm just I don't have this written down, but I believe he's the oldest person to win the MVP since uh, juiced up Barry Bonds and like, oh, correct. Four oh five or something like that. So. That that is all super exciting. Love me some Goldie. Um, well deserved. It's nice to have the trophy back in in St. Louis. It's it's all great. Yeah, yeah. I think this essentially seals his Hall of Fame pace. Like yeah. he puts it puts it right back on track. He assumably has several seasons left in the league, 
and we probably won't get this level of production from him again. But even if he just puts up really even just a couple war a season for the next three or four years, he's pretty much uh, Cooperstown bound. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the award is great and I think that's great, too. But I also think like w- what's probably best from Cardinals fans perspective is that he is like super duper bucking the age tra- aging trend of like a large man yeah. that plays first base. The fact that he had his best offensive year at age 34 35 is good and that probably throws off the aging curve for the next well i guess for the remainder of his contract with the cardinals and that's also good um but yeah i think like to to be an immediate bummer like regression is in the tea leaves for sure um but let's let's celebrate this fantastic you know accomplishment and 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 season and all that yeah well i think we all kind of thought that was already happening his past couple years with the cardinals have been as you put it good, but, um, you know, I, I think we, this was such a surprise and such a bounce back. It, it does make you think like, will next year be closer to this or will it be closer to the last few years. I think odds are they're closer to the last few years just because of how good this season was, but it does make you, you know, there, he could do something similar to this, uh, next year, or at least like it's really that power and average, combo yep. that was like the the real big surprise this year you kind of figure he can do uh, as he gets older you can usually kind of do one or the other usually leaning into power but this year we saw the you know the average maintain and look like previous goldie so um yeah it's it, it's i i'm really interested to see you know what the various projection systems uh have for him because it's rare for guys of his age to have these huge seasons, but it's also, it happens, right? Like right. some guys just, uh, you know, I'm thinking Beltre, um, Ortiz, Cruz. Yeah, Ortiz until, is probably, yeah, Ortiz and Cruz, those are both like perfect examples of of yeah. aging and somehow hitting the ball harder. Yeah. Um, and with the DH now, you know, he's obviously a, a, a wonderful first baseman, but it hopefully helps that aging curve a little bit, giving him a little bit of extra time off. Um, yeah, so uh, we had Manny come in second and Arenado come in third, which was, I think, not unsurprising. You know, in a lot of ways, I think it almost helped Goldie that Arenado was the other one up there, um, even though there's a lot of arguments to be made for Arenado winning the MVP, like in a vacuum. I think it was pretty easy if you were looking at both players to pick Goldie over Arenado for the uh, MVP. So instead of splitting votes, it actually like made everybody feel very comfortable picking Goldie first. And he just essentially ran away with it. Whereas, you know, we remember back of the MV three days of a lot of these guys splitting votes and it hurting them. I think it kind of helped him. And, you know, you could argue Arenado should have won. He had more war, but, um, you know, it's a lot of his came from defense and all of that. and I think that's kind of an important thing to hit, or, or I believe it is. And I know some people probably disagree with this, but like these awards are not who accrued the most F4. It is right. the MVP. So th- there are other things outside of just like pure value. And I believe that's how it should be voted on. And I think like for Goldschmidt, it was the overall offensive performance that right. led him to the victory. Like it's not his fault. He plays first base. That's what he does. He plays first base extremely well. He's gold glover. Um, and he happened to have the best offensive year in the National League this year. So I think that that all makes sense to me. And yeah, like I, I wouldn't blame anybody for voting Manny 
or Nolan won, but I think for what I, the reason I just stated it, it, it made all the sense to go with Goldie. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy it went that way. Well, and your point too, um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the award, but that's also why I still feel like Otani should be the AL MVP winner, even yeah. though of course, like judges at a super, super reasonable pick and, a, and deserving in his own. Right. Uh, but I just like that, that like, we're seeing something that nobody has ever done before. You know, it's, yeah. it's the numbers and, and we don't, we don't, how do you even calculate what Otani's doing yeah. compared to what uh, judge is doing, even though judge had one of the best offensive seasons we've ever seen. And really since yeah. again, juiced up Barry bonds. So, well, and I think this is kind of a lame narrative, but I do believe it in this, this sense. Like if those teams were swapped, if judge and Otani swap jerseys, Otani, everybody like Otani would probably win or would have at least done better than having his point total. I think Judge yeah. had like 420 and 440 or something like that. And Otani had like in the 200s. Like, I, I just think that that would have been closer. And there's something to Otani, like on the West Coast, he's playing two and a half months of meaningless baseball. Um, yeah. And, and there's just not a lot of eyes on him. And what Judge, like, I can't remember a player having more eyes on them than what judge did this year, at least maybe since the home run races back in the early two thousands. Um, Aaron judge was just voted the fourth sexiest man alive uh, (laughs) on the people magazine. I, I woke up this morning and I read that and I said it to Mary uh, and she just goes, ew. (laughs) Wow. looks like she called him Frankenstein. Um, he's he's a big boy and he does have those two bolts coming out of the side of his head so i get it i get yeah. the, the, those bolts didn't get enough coverage this year <laughs> they so. did not yeah <laughs> you gotta consider that when you're signing a guy like that the the electricity cost to you know keep yeah. him keep him up yeah Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And how many, you didn't like, like that <laughs> small children here. Well, I'm just, I'm working on my own bits over here. Like I'm just <laughs> I'm stuck somewhere right. around giving a flower to a small child. Um, yeah. Yeah. I bet, I bet judge gave some, some flowers to children this year. Have we ever seen Fra- Frankenstein's monster and judge together? She that might is- be right. That is a phenomenal question. Yeah. She also, Hollywood, right. where are you on this? I'm going to see <laughs> Aaron Judge Frankenstein vehicle. Let's go. I think we got to lock down the rights on this one. This is our IP. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we had another reward. Um, you know, not this one, even less surprising than the goalie one, even though we all yeah. knew where goalie was going. But uh, Albert Pujols wins comeback player of the year. Uh, I mean, what a what a what a storybook ending, Ben. What a storybook. There should be stories. Stupid there should be face st- you have on right now. <laughs> there should be there should be storybooks of this. Yeah, um, I want to read this to my kids. Um, yeah, I mean, obvious. I don't even know who else you would really even have considered in this. Uh, no, Justin well, Verlander getting it on the other side. Yeah, I would say the only thing that's kind of interesting about the fact that Albert did win it is that typically it's a situation like Justin Verlander, where like a great player missed a year or missed the majority of a year due to an injury, you know, whatever it might be like Wayne. Right. Um, Yeah. yeah, And and that's typically who it goes to. Um, But for Albert to, he wasn't, he didn't really miss any time and uh, he just came back home and put on a ridiculous show. I think that it it just adds, I mean, it is crazy what he did. Um, Like, I don't know if it's fully sunk in what 
a 42 year old first ballot inner circle hall of famer just did in his final season coming back. It is storybook, even though I was kind of giving you trouble for that, but um, good for Albert. I don't know. It's kind of amazing. It's like, what a way to, you know, have your last season go and then to have the hardware to kind of, you know, rest on. Uh, I think it's great too. I wish he would have got the, uh, DH silver slugger in the, uh, in the NL. Yeah. I think Albert Pools getting the first silver slugger DH award in the national league, uh, in a full season would have been a nice little, um, a uh, little pin on it, but that didn't happen. Yeah. Who got that? Um, who did get that? Uh, I don't well, remember. While you look it up, I'm I wondering. Up. Well, um, I mean, you don't have to put that work on me, but I will look it up. Yeah, you do it. I'm, I'm thinking it. over here. Um, the uh, I wonder where Pujols ranks like that trophy. He obviously has a wall of hardware, um, because he also has gotten like uh, Hank Aaron awards. He's gotten all these different awards over his careers for performance on and off the field um but i wonder where he ranks this uh comeback player of the year award like on his wall of trophies do you want to hazard a guess real quick of who won the nl uh silver slugger at dh um harper no um josh bell josh bell um, he had josh a pretty bell. good year he yeah. had a very good he had a very good 103 games with the Washington Nationals, put up a 153 OPS plus, and then came over to San Diego and in 53 games put up a 75 OPS plus, totaling to a 128. So yeah, that's a good year. But come on, baby, you gotta give that to Albert. <laughs> come on. Come on, baby. Come on. <laughs> you gotta give it to Albert. He he yeah. made it to 700 when nobody thought that was even going to be possible. I don't know. You just got to yeah. give it to him. Come on now. You got to give it to him. Come on. Come on. Let's give go. It to him. Um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, even besides the narrative side of it, like he had a really good season. I, I, I'm wondering what his total OPS plus was compared to I, Josh well, Bell. I'll look that up as well. Yeah. You do the work. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um. um those he I had. Oh, yeah. No, he trounced him in OPS plus yeah, 154 to 128. So, yeah, not even close. Well, he was the the only player who was better offensively than Pujols in the second half was Aaron Judge. So I'm, um, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Very surprising. Robbed. But um, it is robbed. Uh, But comeback player of the year is fun. You know, it is. It's it's an interesting like path. You know, he's rookie of the year then a bunch of MVPs, couple World Series, and he's bad for nine years. And then he has this crazy ending gets a comeback player of the year and then he retires yeah yeah uh so i that essentially wraps the sort of award season it's been a pretty cardinal filled award season though um cardinals all over the place except for cy young basically Uh, yeah cardinals had representatives everywhere uh which makes sense i mean top four team in the nl and uh for the first time in what feels like a long time it was a very top heavy team uh we're used to the cardinals being like everyone's gonna be like a 110 wrc plus and we'll just win because everybody is that instead of uh you know what we had this year which was basically a a handful of monsters in the middle of the lineup and a musical chairs everywhere else yeah Um, so i don't know i guess this is a whole topic we didn't plan on discussing but like what like when you think of like almost your like preferred 
way of watching a team. Like, what do you, what did you like better? Did you like the 2022 Cardinals? If we can strip away like all the narrative stuff, because that was a huge part of this year and made it arguably one of the most fun seasons of all time, I think, as Cardinal fans, but just like the on the field baseball. Yeah. Like, do you like it where we had like the, like the Nolan, Aronaut, the Nolan, Goldie, Pujols, like, MV3, but like almost everybody else was at best getting on base, like a Donovan, but yeah, pretty much everyone else was struggling. There were peaks and valleys for other players, but it was kind of bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what- I, I mean, I think there's definitely something to be said about like the way the Rays go about it, or uh, you know, the way that other like the Guardians this year were a good example of that same kind of thing where it's like these 26 men are pulling together and you know, they're all plugging holes and everyone, there's a different star every night. I do think that as a, me as a baseball fan, I want to watch the best in the game. I want to watch yeah. these stars go out there and dominate. Like I want to watch Nolan Arenado prove nightly why he is the best third baseman in baseball and, and Goldschmidt to do the same thing. And I think that's why people tune into Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer starts and, and you know, all those kinds of things is because they want to go see the person who is better than all of these extremely talented people go be better. And uh, so that that's kind of where I'm at. Like I, I would. And, and yeah, like I think you said this, but like throw holes in the second half in that too. Like I want to go out there and see the best guys be the best guys and the supporting cast, they did exactly what they needed to do. I mean, the Cardinal, we talked about it all season long. The Cardinals had no problem scoring runs this year. I know, you know, people will complain about the lack of consistency, but I think that's really just because you're watching them every night. Every team has a lack of consistency yeah. around their offense. That's just how baseball go. Um, so, yeah, that that's my two cents on it. Like, give me stars. Give me give me superstars. I want to see the best in their class, you know, do their yeah. thing. Yeah, I think that's probably the most common opinion on it. You probably don't get a lot of people saying like, no, I just want to I want to see a team of scrappy go getters, you know, be slightly above average. But I mean, that's kind of what we've had with the Cardinals for quite a while. So it's been a it was a it was a really fun year. And I do think that is part of part of why it was such a fun year is that we had this like a couple of elite level guys and it, it you just makes it more exciting. So. And, and they're like, they they seem like buddies, you know, I think that's been pretty well documented. Like the fact that your two best players are also like friends off the field just makes the whole thing kind of fun. You know, everyone's kind of in on the in on the party there. Yeah. You know, they got to like skip Toronto together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I, I just I'm still trying to forget that that happened. Yeah. Yikes. All right. Moving on. Um, some other interesting news. Uh, come up i'm gonna pull my favorite from this list ben and then i'll let you walk us through it but lars newtbar has been invited to play for the uh japanese world baseball classic team which is awesome um we're we're planning on like really covering the world baseball classic when it when it happens in the spring uh and i'm expecting some a bunch of cardinal representation throughout it uh but if you didn't know about lars newtbar uh, that would probably be one of the most surprising sentences <laughs> you've ever heard, uh, yeah. which is Lars Newtbar is going to play on the Japanese uh, team. But his yeah. mother is of Japanese descent. So he is um, I don't know if he's like 50 percent Japanese, but he is uh, you know, he is of Japanese 
uh, ancestry. So he's been invited to play, and I think it's a great get for them. Yeah, uh, they've also uh, Otani has announced that he'll be playing for them. So uh, Japanese team is usually good in this uh, competition, and I think um, you know it'll be fun to watch uh, Newbar alongside Otani. Yeah, uh, Lars' middle name is Tatsuji um, to kind of represent his Japanese heritage, and yeah, I think it's great. Like like you said, I think we're we're as a podcast super excited for the WBC to back to be back. Super excited to watch uh, Team America play. And uh, I know we already know we got Goldie and Arenado that'll be playing in that. And it sounds like more Cardinals are joining. I hope that Lars does it. I think it'll be great for his his development and just being on a, a stage like that. All that's good. Also, I'm excited to watch him. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we were kind of gushing over his stat casting numbers last week. Like Lars is good. And he probably I don't know if he's going to be starting because, you know, Japan's going to have a super talented uh, star studded team. From you know MLB players and MVP NPB players, um, but I hope yeah I hope he has some moments and let's go let's go Lars yeah it's uh, just a ton of fun um, yeah so what else do you want to talk about yeah uh, just some other Cardinals news uh, I think one of the bigger things to note over this past past week we were talking about this Alex Reyes a former number one prospect in baseball has officially been non-tendered by your St. Louis Cardinals. I think, you know, we probably saw this coming. Does it still hurt to see that news line go across my screen? Yes. I don't even know if I think the Cardinals should resign him. There's talk about his health isn't even going to be anywhere close to being uh, ready for the MLB in 2023. At least that's what Mosellock alluded to a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I hate to see this. And yeah. uh, he's super talented. He's a guy that I. it's really easy to root for him. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a bummer. Yeah, We'll always have that half season in 2021 when everything was going great. Mm-hmm. And he was the closer and he looked All-star. amazing. Yeah. There was talks about stretching him out to, you know, to chase that rotation dream. And then here we are. So uh, very disappointing. Um, you know, we've actually spent a lot of time over this year talking about the Cardinals inability to develop ace level pitching. I kind of am OK to give them a pass on this one because I think he talent wise looked the part and executed the part to the best of of our expectations. It was just a health thing. So, you know, I don't know if it's just some people are just that way. Um, it's an unfortunate just like human condition that some people just can't stay on the field. And uh, or maybe it's something with the Cardinal medical staff. We'll never know. Yeah. But, um, you know, just ultimately disappointing. Um, you know, we number one prospect in baseball hasn't happened very much for the Cardinals. Hopefully we'll happen again this year. I think uh, we got a good shot at it with Jordan Walker. But, um, uh, yeah, disappointing. I do think ultimately the right move, especially if he's not healthy for 2023, I guess he could keep him on the 60 man and. But how many times are we going to do this? You know, let him maybe maybe there's a way down the line where he, he finds his way back to the Cardinals after proving some consistent health. And I and I would love that. But there's yeah. like, how can we keep doing it? You know, he, he's still under 30. Um, he's still like his arm talent is, you know, through the roof. Wouldn't be surprised if he maybe not here, but somewhere else. And I, I, yeah. I, mean, I just want to see a full season from him. I know At this point. Yeah. I mean, unless it's with the Cubs, I'm pretty much fine wherever it happens. There was yeah, uh, been, the tweet Sandy Alcantara was trying to recruit him to the Marlins. Maybe he'll go down there to that pitching machine and 
and figure it out. If anybody can do it, it wouldn't surprise me if the Marlins friggin' turn them around and yeah. we have to go to uh, play a three-game series against them and you got Alcantara and yeah. uh, Alex Ray is back-to-back. That'd be, <laughs> um, that'd be disappointing. <laughs> yeah, not great. Um, in other Cardinals news, uh, they announced that they have agreed to a one-year deal for right-hander Chris Stratton, who, if you remember, he was part of the Quintana trade. That deal is worth $2.8 million. Um, I, I guess I was a, like, he's kind of a non-tender candidate. That's a little bit of money, so I, I, it's not totally shocking. They need arms. I don't think he like, I would rather the Cardinals go spend that $3 million plus on free agent market with another reliever one of the many good relievers that are out there but he is a ground ball guy um he's already here um all they had to do was send him a contract um so i guess it makes sense i, I just don't really care is i, I guess where i land yeah. here it to me it comes down to where does he ultimately land in the bullpen as far as his um like expected role because three million for a reliever you know it's it's pretty low, right? One year deal. There's no such thing as a bad one year deal and they could cut him and I think do it pretty quickly uh, if he's really bad. Yeah. But if he, and that's fine if he's your, you know, your sixth guy in the bullpen, something like that coming in middle innings uh, because they've signed someone else to come in to that back half. If this ends up being the only real addition to the bullpen or the real bullpen signing, like that's where I'd say like, Come on, we could have done a lot better, um, but it's such low dollar amount, you know, in baseball terms that it's fine. My guess is that part he must they must have just like really liked him, you yeah. know. And there's and there's so many darts you can throw with these types of guys. Like you might as well get someone with a consistent big league experience and who isn't great, but he's also not bad either, right? So he didn't walk a bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, he came yeah. in and was fine. Cardinals used yeah. him. Um, Right. In a playoff game. So it could be yeah. worse. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next thing I want to talk about, uh, Cardinals signed a group of minor league free agents. Um, two interesting names on that list. Uh, Oscar Mercado, who you may remember as a former top 10-ish, like fringy prospect with the Cardinals. Uh, Oscar was traded to the Guardians when they were the Indians for Connor Capel. Um, who you may remember uh, is now an A and had a nice little two-week stretch yeah. with the A's at the end of the season. And John Torres, who is a monster, six-foot-five-ish, massive human being corner outfielder who's still in uh, in, in the minors. Um, but kind of crazy. Oscar Mercado already back. I think he's 27 years old. He is now a center fielder, not so much of a shortstop. But... Obviously, the Cardinals like this guy. They enough to bring him back. He's back in the family. Um, we'll see. I, I yep. wouldn't be surprised if Oscar gets like a long look in spring. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, maybe twenty six man material or at least somebody the Cardinals are looking at as twenty six man on the. Well, on the you roster. know, I've I've been saying for quite a while now we need more outfielders. So here we go. <laughs> uh, now, a bit of a speed guy. You know, yeah. he for a little while it looked. He he got some real time with the Guardians, and it looked like he was going to be their center fielder of the future. Yeah, um, and I, I know that there was some hand wringing, some brief hand wringing about that trade uh, because Mercado seemed to be good, and there hasn't been much to come from on the Cardinal side on that trade. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's it's to me, it's you know, a good depth piece. 
I think it makes sense for us to stack some options at center field, some low cost options, just in case everything collapses. You like having a guy who played center field at the major league level for several years is valuable. And uh, yeah, I mean, 27 still young. How many, how many players have the Cardinals had that they've been able to like, the thing they've been good at is this like post post hype, like turning a guy back into, into something serviceable. So, um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe he even gets moved back to the infield. That's what he was with the Cardinals basically the whole time until that last like half season, he moved to the outfield and that's when the guardians traded for him. Um, another somewhat interesting name, uh, is Taylor Motter was a, uh, another guy that was signed in that group of minor league free agents, uh, utility player. He came up with Seattle, um, used to be a speed guy. He's really now just kind of a, a utility defender kind of guy that can play, every single position. Um, and like I said, has some big league experience. So I, I think this is probably more of a depth piece, probably your, your scory, cor, scory, Corey Spangenberg type signing that happened last off season. Um, but you know, he's another guy, big league time. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. The Spangenberg era never truly got going here in St. Louis, but uh, I still have hope. And, um, I think with some of these moves too, you have to remember that like, the Cardinals have to field teams at multiple levels of the minors too. And not every minor league signing is actually with the intent of uh, playing them on the major league team someday. You you obviously hope that, but they also just have to fill spots and rosters in the minor leagues where maybe they don't actually have someone who's ready to be like the triple a center fielder. And you need a guy to play there and, you know, fill out the roster so some of these signings are just truly like these are minor league players to be minor league players yeah and i'm a believer in like raising the floor of the organization like even if taylor motter is going to be in you know triple a all season like he you know he's a he's he's proved himself he is a good major league baseball player he can go down there and push other guys teach other guys just raising the floor of the organization's entire depth i'm pro how that exactly like comes out, you know, is impossible to determine. Right. But I, I like that idea and that kind of that driving force. Yeah. It's that's the Cardinal way then. <laughs> okay. Speaking of there's the Cardinal a, there's way, a whole, there's a whole book about it. Speaking of the Cardinal way, you know, who couldn't hack it, Nate, who, uh, who got washed out by the system, who couldn't yeah. be cardinally enough. Uh, Mike Maddox. So we knew, <laughs> We knew that he was kind of taking a step down or, or, or changing his role or the shape of his role or, or whatever. Um, guess what? He just signed to, on to be the pitching coach for the Rangers, joining Bruce Bochy's all-star staff down there in Texas. Now, there is some some word out there that say this is going to be a reduced role. Maybe he won't travel. Maybe it'll be this. Maybe it'll be that. But kind of interesting i mean it's you know the the coaching staff brain drain just they're 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 just going um and and kind of two weird coaching departures yeah this one was more surprising to me than the jeff albert one because you know jeff albert is younger and you know he made the choice to leave because he didn't really want to be with the cardinals anymore and we knew he was going to land somewhere maddox it felt to me like he was indicating that he was retiring or take going to take a like uh, front office style position somewhere right uh, advisory but, yeah. role or whatever advisory, you call it yeah 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 or like go the akindo role where you're yeah. just down at one like you're the you're now the spring training guy whatever something where you can be 
more stationary. Um, but yeah, so pitching coach for just another team, a little surprising. Um, but he's a Texas guy, so there there can be a feeling of just being in your home state just feels less like travel. You know, you can you can be maybe closer to your hometown and whatnot. Um, and yeah, it yep. kind of depends on what role it is. But if it turns out that he's just the traveling uh, pitching coach for the Rangers, basically redoing his role with the Cardinals with another team, be a little surprising to me um, and would would make me wonder, like, was there something going on in the coaching staff that, like, you know, Marmol wants his guys and those were not Marmol's guys, even though he worked next to them for a decade. You know, I don't know. I'm starting that narrative. I, I don't care if it if it's cuckoo bananas or not, but I, I think that that is a sound narrative. I think that Ali is imposing his will. Yeah, he pushed him out. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's all I got on the on the Cardinals news. Let's move to some hot stovey Cardinals chat, if that's OK with you, Nathan. Um motion to proceed all right granted okay i think the first thing we need to talk about and and the only reason i'm even bringing this up is because i just see it on twitter and blogs and, and a lot of people are chatting about it cody bellinger is now or has been non-tendered by the dodgers won the mvp a couple of years ago um and people want him to be a cardinal what are your thoughts I'm so torn on this one because <laughs> like left-handed power bat is what yeah. the Cardinals are looking for. And you also think about, he's a really good center fielder. He can also play first freak base. athlete. He can play DH. He hit 19 home runs last year and stole 14 bases. So like some of those outcomes are still there now. Pretty much everything under the hood was bad. You know, he's he basically just if he makes contact, he can hit the ball hard, but he does not make as much contact as he used to. Yeah. Um, and enough to get non-tendered a former MVP. He won the MVP three years ago. It wasn't that long ago. It was 2019. Yeah. And now he's non-tendered. It's wild. What a, what a fall. Um, so I, I I guess I would be supportive of it because you have to imagine like he is he was incredibly young when he won an MVP and he still is he he transitioned in that post MVP time to also be an incredible center fielder so you feel like there's got to be the tools or they're still there he's still relatively he's still young like the recipe is there for the the most obvious bounce back of all time right but then the flip side to that is like if any team was going to figure it out and solve it, it's the Dodgers. So why do we think the Cardinals would be able to bring him in and like flip everything around? But I guess ultimately I think it's, I I would be okay with it. I think it's probably a good gamble um, because if you can get him even back to like 75% of his former glory, I mean, he, he makes this lineup incredible, right? Arenado, Goldie, Bellinger, like, you if you asked us two years ago even about that we'd be like holy shit right so i don't know i i'm kind of circling the drain here but i guess i'd say i i'm kind of fine either way i think if i truly could pick i'd say yeah let's give it a shot but i'd also totally understand if the cardinals say uh no we we don't need that on our team right now yeah yeah it is i think i mostly agree with everything you said i do like 
betting on an athlete. I do think that you can probably get him on a one year deal because he wants to make good and then go right. you know, cash in with the Yankees or whoever. Um, my so this is super, uh, you know, you take this for whatever it is. But uh, there was Jerry Harrison Jr. is on the post game for the Dodgers. And he kind of had this rant earlier this year going on and on about how unbelievably uncoachable Cody Bellinger is um, and that he will not change his stance. He's just being like stuck in the mud. And uh, he, I mean, he's kind of Matt Carpentering is basically what yeah. it made it sound like. Like, I'm not listening to other people's opinions. I'm doing the thing that got me here. I'm not going to adjust. So I do worry about that. Although I do wonder, you know, to kind of under undercut that statement, like it took Matt Carpenter being non-tendered to make the changes. Is Cody Bellinger going to do the changes or is he just going to make it work? Um, I don't know. Like he is athletic enough that I, like I, I wouldn't mind betting. I don't know what's the thing is. I also don't like, is he going to cost 15 for one year? Is he going to cost five? Um, is he going to cost 20? Like, I, I really don't know what a one year Cody Bellinger deal looks like. Um, yeah. If the Cardinals went for it, I would not be against it. Um, but like, we, yeah, so you, you can't just say like, this is my center fielder or this is my right fielder. Um, no. like it would have to be, with with insurance it'd be a, a part time role and he'd have you know he'd have to assumably there'd be a path to full time if he crushes but he would not come in as the presumed starter for any position because right you know i would rather see jordan walker in right field or in right field than cody bellinger but if cody bellinger's willing to come in and play all the different outfield spots and um play a little first base or dh like and get those at bats and can put it together then great I, I think you could do a lot worse than him looking it up. Um, I mean, he's been real bad. So uh, particularly last year, 2021, he had across 350 plate appearances. He had a 47 WRC plus uh, yeah. horrible. Yeah. Uh, now, to his credit, he almost doubled it in 2022 across a 550 plate appearances. So a full season's work. Uh, he had an 83 WRC plus. So, yeah, uh, it's just bad. And he did end up putting up a 1.7 F4 for the season, which considering that WRC plus you would not expect, but he's actually a really good center fielder. So like he, despite his poor offensive performance, he was still a almost two war player in, at the major league level, which is a really good floor if you can, you can get that. But the year before, he was a negative one because of how bad he was offensively. So, yeah. Uh, and there's like, there's just nothing redeeming in the profile other than you're just banking on a return to what he was able to do before. Um, kind of a low BABIP uh, yeah. in 2022 at a 255. Um, but even at his career year, he was at a 300. So he's not like one of those high BABIP guys. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, there's no. I mean, I uh, uh, two sixty five OBP last year, two forty in twenty twenty one. Like, there's just nothing there that you want. So yeah. you're truly hoping he returns to to form. So, yeah, I wonder. Yeah. Like, Cardinals sign him, and then uh, two days later, you see on Twitter uh, Arenado and goalie taking him to the Marucci Bat Lab or whatever. And gotta like, get him that puck. Hey, dude, hey, well, we need that puck bat. Yeah, listen to us. Yeah, um, but yeah. 
Um, all right, moving on. Uh, Jim Bowden, this came out in The Athletic today, uh, reports that the Cardinals are being talked about in Gabriel Moreno trade rumors, obviously, as well as Sean Murphy trade rumors. But essentially what he was characterizing it as the Cardinals are looking to make a big splash. Um, they are looking to move aggressively. That That is their top priority is the catching position. And I wanted to talk about this because we haven't really talked about Gabriel uh, Moreno because I think you and I have been kind of putting that in a, a hmm, how do I like, it, it just seems a little far out there. Um, right. And I will say like, I'll, I'll give you my two cents on this. Um, and after reading Jim Bowden, uh, uh, this morning, I, I was kind of thinking about it like this. Well, the blue Jays are in win now mode. Um, they have two catchers that they know can hit at the big league level. Gabriel Moreno is a bit of an unknown, um, super high prospect like JT real Muto esque level prospect. Um, so does it make sense for them to just hold on to Jansen and Kirk, have them be their, their catcher DH little combination of two solid catchers and, and decent defenders, and then go cash out on Gabriel Moreno to augment their team with a left fielder or, or you know, who, whoever they end up wanting to, to go with. Um, and I guess through that lens, it does make a little bit more sense to me, but then you flip the mirror back on the Cardinals. Does it make sense for the Cardinals to basically go for another, like a high end? He's obviously, more highly touted than Ivan Herrera, but uh, you know, does that make sense for the Cardinals going with somebody that young who is presumably major league ready? I mean, it's, you know what I'm, I'm not sure if I'm doing a great job of explaining that, but well, both teams are in win now mode. So like, and how are, (laughs) so it's a lot of, well, Oh shit. It's a great point. Um, Similarities. They are both in win now modes and also both birds. Yeah. Uh, you like my brain just went a hundred percent smooth when you said that, like I could not, (laughs) could not, um, Okay. I have also figured that the Cardinals were not going to be in on Moreno because he's probably the most expensive out of all of the possible options right? because of the team control. And yeah, like he is legitimately compared to JT or Muto a lot. Um, and even in a small sample size last year, uh, 73 plate appearances, hit a 113 WRC plus and put up 0.7 F4 incredibly small sample size, but, uh, 356 OBP W 20 or, uh, uh, 326 W, uh, uh, OBA like, or Woba. So everything under the hood, everything looks great. He looks like a future star catcher. Um, are you willing to pay the price? I had been thinking more on acquiring a guy with just a couple years of control and let, uh, Yvonne still develop and see if there's a natural transition to like a, 24 25 year old Herrera rather than a 22 year old Herrera you know yeah. give him a couple years as the backup while these while a Sean Murphy you know establishes or you know continues his um you know big league career I don't know I guess I'm happy with any of them I think Moreno is was the least likely in my mind because the Cardinals don't often do stuff like that um but Gorman uh, in the at the Blue Jays would be a lot of fun. I don't know exactly where he plays, but I could see that working or something centered around a Newt Bar or a Burleson. Um, you know, they need an outfielder like they're the Cardinals and 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 Blue Jays line up 
pretty well as trade yeah. partners. So uh, I just figured it would be one of the other two over uh, Moreno. Um, but I would be big time supportive of them getting Moreno. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a big believer in him. I think he's going to be great. So yeah, and, and I uh, think it's important to note, like what you're talking about, though, it's going to be Corm, you know, Gorman plus plus. Like it's going to be yeah, one of the Cardinals' best prospects or young major league players. Plus, Moreno is has more. been uh, Moreno is one of the top prospects in baseball and looked really good at the major league level in a small sample size. Like yeah. it's it's really hard for your value to be any higher than Moreno's is right now. You know, so you're you're really high and high but if he's the next jt real jt real muto like you're Make okay with happen. whatever yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah look at what the the phillies what they traded for actual jt real muto yeah um you know Sixto it, and uh, yeah a couple other guys it, it hurts Jorge the Alfaro. marlins yeah yeah it hurts the marlins that Sixto like immediately got hurt because at the time Sixto was a big time prospect but still like look how much th- their lineup Looks so different, yeah. With their catcher being, and we and we can, you know, we don't have to go that far back to remember what it was like to have an elite or a high level offensive player at, at catcher position. So you know how much it impacts the the lineup. So, yeah, yeah, I'd be supportive of it. I still think it's probably the least likely one. I think Murphy is the most likely uh, of the trade candidates, and then from there it goes down. Um, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, yeah. The the. Uh... The timing of the competitive window and the team needs, I think, moved me towards the Blue Jays a little bit more than the A's. Um, but yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Should the Cardinals actually sign Quintana as I predicted earlier this season? Do you think that that is a sound move? Um, and I guess outside of that, what do you want to what would you pay him? Um, my my actual thought is No. They should not. Um, I, if they're going to get a starting pitcher, I'd rather go spend the extra whatever it is going to be for one of the like higher end options on the market. Because um, I just don't know who you sign Quintana. He's going to be a starter. Who's he displacing at this point? Um, but Matt's probably Matt's. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is fine, but we don't really know what a we we didn't get Matt's as a starting pitcher in 2020 2022 right. you know and it was one normal injury and then like a freak injury and and he still I'm, came back and looked good he looked good i'm still high on Matt's yeah. even though it was basically worst possible outcome in 2022 like i i'm still high on Matt so i'd i'd like to see him in the in the rotation um but if if they are like there's worse signings, Quintana looked good as a Cardinal. He obviously looked good, and I think he's gonna get rewarded for his performance as a Cardinal. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't surprise me if someone does like three forty five or something Man. like that for him. Yeah, if that's what it costs, I will tell you, I am out on Quintana. Um, I, I think I it'd be, be a- yeah, I could be high. I could be yeah. high on that, but yeah. I think it'd be a fine signing. It wouldn't be a great signing. Um, kind of along that conversation, we obviously we've talked about the high end guys. We're now talking about Quintana. I want to throw four guys that I'm putting mid tier as far as starting pitchers at you and see just if you have any thoughts. Um, those names are Mike Clevenger, Chris Bassett, uh, Sean Manaya, 
and Andrew Heaney. And I'm curious, what do you think? I, I guess more generally, what do you think about the Cardinals playing in those waters of those mid-tier two, three type rotational guys? Um, and if you know, if you had to, who would you pick out of that little list that I picked fairly arbitrarily? I will admit <laughs> they they are all kind. I, I put them in the same realm, yeah. although Clevenger was quite hurt last year. Manaya had some ineffectiveness. Um, Bassett had a good start. Um, Andrew Haney, probably under the radar, had a, a yeah. pretty solid season. So Haney is maybe my favorite out of that list. Um, and he also had some injury issues, which is what um, I think really is why he's relatively considered a, a mid-tier option. I think he has a very high upside and arguably the highest upside of that group. Um, after Heaney, I would do Clevenger and then probably Manea and then Bassett. I like Bassett, but I I don't think you sign in 34, 35-year-old starters to like a couple of years. I, I don't know. I just, it doesn't sound great to me, even though all these guys are in their their low thirties to mid thirties. Right. Like I'd still gamble on, I think he needs 30. Um, so I'd yeah, rather, right around there. Yeah. I'd rather I, take him. Um, and I do think this is probably worth some value. Like one of these guys or two of these guys are going to get signed to a good deal for the team and they're going to outperform it. I think this is where the value is to be had. Like you can really, um, you know, pay a little and get a lot here, but I just don't, it's, it's impossible to know who is going to yeah. be that guy. I just, and I know we like two years in a row, the Cardinals have struggled with starting pitching depth and we've had to go like bargain shopping uh, at the trade deadline. And so it makes sense to me, like what you're aiming at here to like, to grab a, another mid tier guy and just throw him in there. I just wonder like, so are we starting the season with a six man rotation? Um, you know, where does Zach Thompson fall into this? Where does Libertor assuming either of them aren't traded? Where do those guys fall into this? Um, yeah. You know, because by time the uh, Cardinals rotation started to fall apart in this season too, um, you know, you were running out of time to let someone like a Libertor or a Thompson, like really try get good yeah. time in the rotation. And so you had to go and get these other guys, you know, like we just need innings, professional level innings, and we can't develop a guy. We're in the, when we're in the middle of a pennant race for sure. Um, and, but going into 2023, especially if the brewers can, which are going to talk about if the brewers continue to sell and the Cubs don't buy, then like the Cardinals are going to be a, like buy a mile favorite for the, uh, central in 2023. So they might feel like a little bit, uh, more room to experiment with, you know, give yeah, these guys yeah. playing time. So I, I'm just like, I know we can probably bank on some Flaherty injury time. We can probably bank on, well, I, I, you, you never know with Wayno. He's, you know, so at his advanced age, um, <laughs> you assume people are going to get hurt. We don't know with yeah. that. We're going to need more starters. It just like, do we is it is paying a mid-tier guy to possibly be around for a few years the right thing? Yeah. Well, I also think like two of these names, Clevenger and Heaney, offer you strikeouts per nine. Um, right. And the Cardinals just don't have that. Um I like so both I think of that's something guys. to be considered yeah. about. But yeah. 
if you could get either of them on a one year deal, like a pillow contract where, cause they're both coming off of injuries and, and, and like haven't really had a full season to prove what they can do. If you could get either of those guys on a one year deal. And I don't actually have a huge concern about what the cost would be. It's more like the years, just yeah. a one year deal. Go for it. You can never have too much pitching. Yeah. Yeah. Clev on a one year deal, I think would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but yeah, cool. All right. Um, okay. So I think that's it for this side of the conversation. There's always, there's always more to talk about, but we're going to continue to let the hot stove burn Pack show, Nate pack show. I know. I know. So, um, we've got of course more to talk about, but before we get into that, we want to remind all of our listeners that this show is supported on Patreon. Uh, if you like the show, enjoy it and want to support it, support us in the effort that goes into making this show consider subscribing at patreon.com slash talking about birds patrons at any level get access to our private discord that's the bird scored we're having a great time there's a great i'm like distracted right now while we're talking because there's a good conversation going on in it about the cubs and xander bogarts and whatnot so we're there's always something going on in the discord or um you know great people to talk to yeah i mean it'd be cool if you paid attention to the episode instead but yeah the the bird Mm -hmm. scored is a ton of fun Mm, I can do two things at once. Can you? Um, I like to, I no, no, I can't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so patreon.com slash talking about birds, get in there, get in the bird scored, hang out with us. Great people. We're having a great time. Uh, and also consider leaving us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform. That helps as well. Uh, ben, where else can people find us online? Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds while it is still a platform. Uh, of course, you can follow us on Instagram at talk, TalkingAboutBirds. Jeez, I, I'm even screwing it up now. So talk about birds on Twitter, TalkingAboutBirds on Insta. Um, and if you have any thoughts, musings, questions, comments, concerns, ideas, um, you can email us at TalkAboutBirds at gmail.com. Nate was going on and on about which uh, celebrity he thinks he looks like before we started recording. Why don't you email and tell <laughs> Nate what celebrity you think he looks like? Because um, I don't think he looks like Aaron Paul. So uh, that, I don't that's what either. He thinks. Yeah, what a oh, mischaracterization. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. What a mischaracterization. All right. Now I have to talk about it. Thank you. Oh, my God. Like when Breaking Bad was very popular. So this was oh, yeah. like nine years ago. I got told I look like Aaron Paul all the time and a I was a blackjack dealer and someone paid me five dollars which because I'll do anything for five bucks uh, to scream (laughs) science bitch really loud yeah sure uh, so I did it Wow, he really had to force that story in I look like Aaron Paul you did it you you forced this I don't think I do Um, I'm way sexier than Aaron Paul (laughs) (laughs) Um, also, uh, uh, if you prefer to listen to us on Spotify, uh, talking about birds is on Spotify. So, uh, check us out there as well. Great. So there's a lot of other stuff going on around the league. Actually, actually, um, if you have any playlists that are public that people listen to, add one of our podcasts to that playlist so that it just comes <laughs> on during a dance party or something like that. I think yeah. that would be funny. Hey everybody, welcome back to yeah. That's your impression of yourself. Yeah. All right. Hey everybody, welcome back to talking about birds. <laughs> um 
All right, let's talk about the rest of the league. Yeah, um, yeah lots to talk. Pack show, Nate. Pack show. Pack show. Let's go. Let's get through this. Let's go All through right. it, Ben. What do you want yeah. to talk about first? Yeah, let's go down the list. Uh, the Angels making some moves this week. More good moves. Uh, we we praised their uh, acquisition, Tyler Anderson. Now they have gone out and traded for Gio Urshela from the Twins uh, for pitching prospect Alejandro Hildalgo, um, who's a youngster, um, fireballer. Um, Interesting move in the sense that they have a third baseman who is one of the highest paid baseball players <laughs> in the league. Um, Gio Urshela, Urshela, primarily a third baseman, but somebody who could conceivably play shortstop as well. Um, but interesting move, I, I guess. Uh, the the Are the Angels better now because of that deal? Yeah, probably. Does it make all the sense? Not really. But here they are. Yeah, I think this uh, and the other move that they made is about lifting that floor and right. which is something really nice that we haven't seen the angels really do. They've basically just gone for the, they, they signed the big star. Everyone talks about how they sign the big star and then they do nothing else to support the team. So, um, I think these are the types of moves that winning teams make. Gio Urshela is fine. He's not the best player in the league and it's surprising how much he's actually been traded over the last it couple is, of years. Yeah. Um, but like they were so bad in so many positions, he has shown that he can be like productive at the major league level. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's a good get for him. Um, yeah. And you know, it's yeah. kind of funny speaking of guys that have just been passed around all over the league in trades. Um, they also acquired Hunter Renfro Renfro from the Brewers for three pitchers of <laughs> note. Um, now, this is a move that makes no sense on the outside looking in. Um, well, sorry, it makes sense for the Angels quite a bit. Um, but I would say from the Brewers standpoint, this is kind of what Nate was hinting at earlier. Like, what are the Brewers doing? And then like right before we started recording, Buster only tweets, this is a pure salary dump. Um, and they're likely looking to move Colton Wong as well. So the Brewers are just slashing. And I think that probably colors the... Uh, trade that happened in the middle of the summer with Hater going out even more so, um, and, and right. probably makes sense to why their GM is kind of taking an advisory role and everything that's going on here is that the Brewers are pulling a Reds. Um, they're just a year and a half behind them. Um, such a weird deal. Um, it's disappointing. Yeah. Like the Brewers have the pitching to be competitive. If they could just make something around them. Like it's kind of frustrating as somebody who wants to yeah. watch good baseball. Well, and they're trading, like, if they trade Wong and they trade Renfro, that's two of the better offensive players that they had on the team last year, right? Yeah. Renfro was their best, uh, from a WRC Plus standpoint, he was their best player. Yeah. And uh, it has to be noted, though, that they did acquire S-tier name Jansen Junk. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's good for them. They he traded actually, Renfro for Junk. Yeah, he looks Junk could be pretty good but um you know i think we'll time will tell on some of these trades whenever yep. you trade one guy for a for a bucket of other people like it you know it if if some of these pitchers really break it could be good for them but still that's they're, they're trading from a position of need for a position of depth which is kind of the opposite of what you're supposed to do so um when you hear it's a salary dump it makes way more sense and does not give you yeah. hope for them trying to field a competitive team next year because it's not like he was making an insane amount of money. Wong no. either is making, I think, 10 or 11 this yeah. year. 
So, um, you know, they're a, they're a mid small market team, so they have to be more thoughtful with their money, but like Wong at 10 million or whatever it is, is exactly what you would expect a competing mid market team to, to want to retain. Right. Um, so it's disappointing. I mean, again, I said it at the beginning, but if the Brewers are selling to this degree and the Cubs decide that they want to go another year on their rebuild before making like major changes, the NL Central was already, you could argue, was the weakest division in 2022. I think there's an argument for the AL Central. Um, but going into 2023, I mean, it's going to be a total trash division. Yeah. Uh, that said, I, I next year's also when the new the new uh, schedules come into play. Yeah. Where everybody plays everybody equally. So it won't matter as much as far as like the competition that the Cardinals have to play, but the competition for who wins the division, which is a guaranteed playoff spot. You yeah. Know, you gotta you gotta feel good if you're the Cardinals going in. Yeah. And I think if I think not that the whole division hangs on Wong, but that's going to signal to me that the Brewers are just done competing. And I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they start trying to move Urias, um, Adamas. Um, Yelich is going to be really hard to move. Um, I mean, when is Burns a free agent? He's got he's a coming young. up on it, right? He's young. He's got okay, his first, his first arbitration eligibility is after this year. So he's got yeah. four years of service time. He's a free agent after 2025. So, yeah. you know, like when did the White Sox move Chris sale? It was with like two, two and a half years of control yeah. left. Like, yeah. There's a world where if the Brewers are really bad and some team wants to go nutso, like they could trade them any time now for, you know, you'd assume a big time package, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Corbin Burns is a Met in the middle of the next summer. Who, who knows what's going to happen there? And they, they get that mashing uh, catcher from the Mets whose name I can't remember right now. Alvarez. Um, Alvarez. All right, let's uh, keep Nate Pack show. Let's keep moving. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, Mariners trade Kyle Lewis to the Diamondbacks for Cooper Hummel, um, which is an interesting move to me because Kyle Lewis is, I mean, he's kind of Alex Reyes esque, except for a position player, like super talented, flashes of brilliance, can't stay healthy. The dude is like super built, fast, powerful, big right handed hitter, wrote one rookie of the year, and this really hasn't done much since. And then Cooper Hummel um, is definitely a catcher. Uh, I don't really know a lot about him, to be totally honest. He is going to be backing up Big Dumper for the Mariners, I suppose. That's <laughs> at least that's the position I expect him to take on. Um, but yeah, kind of an interesting little one-for-one one deal. Two young guys that have ceilings that are relatively high. Um, yeah, I can't just walk past Big Dumper. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Cooper Hummel was starting to kind of, you know, make a name for himself last year, even though he had a uh, ultimately a pretty bad season, um, putting up negative 0.8 war. Um, but I think people are pretty high on him in general. Um, and yeah, Kyle Lewis, I, I, I'm really interested to see the Mariners clearly have a plan for their outfield. Um, and I think this is they just continue these are steps in the way of clearing space, reformatting their outfield. Yeah. Um, I mean, DePoto yeah. be making deals. That's what he right. do. Yep. Um, but yeah, interesting move. Um, I, I think it like really, it makes a lot of sense for the diamondbacks, you know, like try to get Kyle Lewis figured out in the high desert air, let him hit 35 bombs and then trade him yeah. or, or, or maybe retain him. You know, he's still he was young. dynamic in his rookie yeah. year. He was a, a ton of fun. Um, 
Moving on, two interesting non-tender uh, folks that I, I thought were somewhat notable. The Marlins non-tender Brian Anderson, their third baseman, who I kind of, I know he's had a bad year and a half or so, but kind of surprised to see that. Um, and then sticking in the National League East, our friend, friend of the pod, Luke Voigt, also non-tendered by the Nationals, and a move that makes a little more sense to me. He's, he was getting yeah. expensive, and the Nationals don't need a slugging first baseman. Well, they don't really need much right now. Um, but yeah, two two interesting names that are now part of the free agent class. I would argue that they need everything right now. So, cool. sure. um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't think anything really lines up with the Cardinals here, but I suspect both of those guys will uh, end up on another team. Yeah. Um, Shohei Otani announces that he is playing for Japan, the WBC. I think we already hit that earlier this episode, so we'll drive past yeah. that. Um, Phillies extend Dave Dombrowski through 2027. Um, which is a massive deal for somebody in his position. I think it's obvious the reason why um, he uh, brought them, you know, to the promised land, even though they lost. Um, but curious to see how this experiment continues to play out. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that Pretty there's. Much, we yeah. all laughed at the Phillies all yeah. year, and then they yeah. went to the World Series. So we'll and see. Dombrowski got paid. Uh, not that he yeah. needed or anything like that, and. You know, if Dombrowski has any kind of superpower, it's getting the World Series. Um, and losing. And, well, yeah, and and losing sometimes. He won with the <laughs> Red Sox. Um, True. And uh, I think if, if he's got a second superpower, that is convincing owners to spend that money. I would not be surprised if Xander or Trey Turner or Dansby Swanson end up on the Phillies. Um because yeah. of that superpower of his. So interesting move. Um, but yeah, good for Dave Dombrowski and other GM uh, or a uh, baseball executive news. Billy Bean, the longtime baseball ops leader for the A's legendary money ball, blah, 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 uh, moves to an advisory role with the athletics is stepping down. Uh, GM David Frost is now going to oversee baseball operations. So kind of an end of an era. Um, whenever somebody's stepping down into an advisory role, I never know exactly what that means, like how that changes his day to day. Um, but I kind of thought, I guess I always thought Billy Bean was just going to be there until he won a world series or like had to retire because of his age. Um, yeah, I, I just, I thought he was that level of a committed. Um, but when you have a lot going on, you know, it's, it's hard to. Well, there's a lot going on with the A's and like their stadium and are they even going to be in Oakland forever? Like, you know, it might he might just be seeing it as a good time to, you know, transition out. Um, and yeah, advisory, who knows what that actually means. Right. Um. So uh, MLB had investigated into the Yankees and Mets around, quote unquote, improper communication um, regarding signing Aaron Judge. Um, and then what I have written here in capital letters is collusion, <laughs> collusion, collusion. So collusion, um, collusion, essentially what happened, there was a report that came out about a week ago, uh, from one of the New York beat writers. And it was kind of talking about how Cashman or, uh, how Hal Steinbrenner and, um, um, Steve Cohen, have a good working relationship and don't want to bid each other up. Now, this was the word of a writer. It did not come directly from the two owners. So I don't, I don't know exactly how to feel about this, but I will say 
Um, it sounds like there was definitely collusion. It sounds like it was yeah. probably said like in person in an office and nothing, you know, was written down, recorded or right. emailed. Um, but it sounds like they had a conversation said, Hey, let's not bid each other into oblivion for Aaron judge or X other player. Um, and you know, we won't, we won't run each other, you know, run each other's bills up all the way. Um, and the right writer wrote about that. MLB investigated it. They couldn't prove it. So it's just the word of a reporter and the two owners. And now here we are. Um, and it just, it, it's, I hate that first off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not surprised by it at all because of course this kind of thing happens. Of course. Yeah. Um, but I really think that this means that judge is going to the West coast. I, I think he is done with the Yankees. So uh, you think the Yankees are, they were trying to lay the groundwork to not have other player, other teams outbid them or like get into some crazy deal. But the, the giants or Dodgers or whoever, and we're like, we had not, we weren't a part of that conversation. We'll overpay for well, judge yeah. without a problem. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's getting interesting because there was a report that said the Dodgers offered him two fourteen, which is very similar to the Yankees deal. Um, so I have to assume that the, the giants who he met with yesterday or sorry, two days ago when this, this show comes out, um, they're offering him somewhere around the threes or at least high twos. Um, so I, I really think if I'm reading the, the tea leaves, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. but like still collusion is bullshit. Collusion. Um, yeah, I, and I have of to course, imagine this, it's happening all the time. Yeah. yeah. And of course, nothing's going to happen. We'll probably never hear about this story again. It'll just be done. But no. yeah, there you are. Um, so that's bullshit. But let's end on something that is way cooler than that. Uh, I want to talk about Olivia Pichardo. Uh, she makes yeah. history as the first woman on an NCAA Division One varsity team. She's playing for Brown University um, and the uh, Brown U- University uh, head baseball cap. Ca- oh my goodness. <laughs> it's okay. Take your time. The head coach <laughs> for the baseball team at Brown university. Okay. His name okay. is Grant Achilles, which is a crazy ass name. Um, but anyways, a quote from him on Olivia Pichardo, uh, Olivia put together one of the most complete walk on tryouts I have ever seen from a player since becoming head coach. Um, she pitches, plays outfield and infield, and her fastball has been sitting around the low to mid 80s. I think she tops out about like 85, 86, 87. Um, crazy. Uh, I cannot wait to see how this all plays out. Um, but, you know, it's kind of I'm not saying that she's going to be the first one to play Major League Baseball or anything like that. But the door is continuing to swing open and more and more women are, are being a part of like real um, like affiliated ball. And uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, groundbreaking and fantastic. And I'd love to see, um, I think like pitching is the best route, I think, for someone to get into the major leagues. Um, and it could happen. I hope it does. Yeah. She sounds amazing. She's 18 and she's thrown in the late, only, low it, 80s. Like she's only going to get stronger. Like, we'll yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So good for her. We'll keep to keep tracking that because, uh, yeah, it feels like it's inevitable that it's going to happen and it's going to start from a story like this, right? Yeah. Like breaking onto a team at the college level and then going on from there. So, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Incredible. 
Uh, all right, that's everything for uh, for the from the news side. So of course we're going to finish this episode with uh, a dumb game. And I wanted to last week I you know started saying we're going to do the the MVP stuff or the the award voting, um, and then we got interrupted by the card shark this week. <laughs> um, I do have an update. I'm not going to go beat by beat on all of our picks and everything because that would take forever. We actually have a, a game that we're going to play, but I did want to finish to conclude our previous game where we all picked Ben and I both picked our predictions for the top three in all the major awards. And we were, we were awarded points for everyone that you got correct. If you got the first place one, correct. You got three points, second place, correct. Two points and third place, one point, right? Added it all up. And I have the results. All right. I think I won. Ben, you're not going to believe this. Yeah. We tied. What the hell? (laughs) Now we had a lot of, we did have several things where we picked the same because some yeah. of them were obvious, right? right? We all knew how NL rookie of the year was going to go down and, and, you know, some of them were obvious, but yeah. um, I had more first places. You had a big swing of the miss on Adley for uh, um, rookie of the year. And we were both all over the place on the coaching ones. Um, but for the, but it, where I was up, you made up, in the second and third, like basically it all just ended up that we, we friggin' tied. So yeah. the takeaway from this is that we need to, every game that we play, we need to establish what is the tiebreaker because it keeps <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. So, um, fine. well, you know, wait, I'm click, I'm quickly looking over your scoreboard here and I don't see national league manager of the year. So, controversy. I don't know if we right. want to figure this out in real time, um, but I don't think you... Did I not write it down? I don't think you wrote that one down. Hmm. And I'm going to probably right. just say that I was right. Um, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think you're going to be right. All right, controversy. I will. Okay. I guess I'll go back and listen to our episode and figure yeah. out what our, what our picks were. Uh, well, we're tied. Okay. Ooh, wow. This isn't controversy. This is, uh, this is, we're leaving, uh, we've got a little cliffhanger, a cliffhanger, little hooker. There next, we go. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, we get a little hook for next, uh, next week, but, um, no, we're going to this week we're returning in honor of Thanksgiving, Ben's favorite, uh, holiday. He liked it, <laughs> liked it for the reason, not for the food. Yeah. Um, we're returning to, uh, one of my favorite games. League choose. League choose. <laughs> mm. All right. I've got an article here uh, on from ballparksavvy.com. These articles and always piss me off. <laughs> the article is uh, the best new ballpark food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. I've got a list of these ballpark foods and you are going to guess what ballpark this food is from. All right. Uh, I'm going to make it a little, a little bit easier for you and I've made it multiple choice. I will never be more mad about the ice cream in a helmet decision. The last time we played this game that like yeah. still pisses me off. I did not yeah. like that at all. Uh, yeah, it was bullshit. Um, but uh so and by uh, your it, design my friend yeah 
Yeah, piece that's of part shit. of why I picked it. Uh, there's uh, a good one on this one too. Great. So, uh, so what they've done is for some of these ballparks, they've introduced more than one new food and they've kind of lumped them together. Um, so I will read to you the names of the foods. Uh, I'll give you a list of ballparks or okay. teams, and then you yep. tell me which one it came from. Uh, if you'd like any more explanation of what these foods are, I do have the article pulled up, and I can uh, I can give you some of that that content. All right. Uh, so uh, if you get it right, you will get uh, Homer enjoying some donuts. Mm. Oh, nuts! <laughs> and if you get it wrong, you're getting a big fat. <laughs> okay all right so, yeah i thought i'd bring in some simpsons on this one that's good yeah uh, all right the first one best new ballpark food loaded helmet nachos mm. is it the angels the rangers the yankees or the tigers i mean that's something that could exist at any ballpark in america <laughs> um yeah, I guess I need a little more. I, I need you to read the description maybe a little bit more, and hopefully that'll give me something to... Or, or I could just, like, judge, you know, fandoms for being fat or, or not. Like, But I, I think a little more context would be helpful. Following up last year's iconic helmet offering, The Mound, this year's dish is trading out the chocolate chip cookies for some seriously tasty nachos. Get ready to share and get your hands messy. Because between the chipotle chicken, guac, beans, cheese, pico, and pickled jalapenos, you and your game buddies are going to have your hands full with this stuffed helmet. <laughs> and what were my options again? Your options are the Angels, the Rangers, the Yankees, or the Tigers. Okay, so I'm definitely leaning... It's it's a southern team. I'm thinking Angels or Rangers, and the mound is helpful. That just reeks of Texas to me. A helmet full of cookies. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Rangers on that. Damn it! <laughs> so uh, it is Angels. Ah, I was close. You were, I mean, although I. I mean, you did say Southern and then said Los Angeles, which I get what you're kind of well, saying. Uh, but uh, pickled jalapenos aren't necessarily yeah. something that, you know, you, you find yeah. a lot in Detroit. That was that was my yeah. rationalization there. Okay. Um, I thought it was funny because loaded helmet nachos, I feel like have existed forever. And if this is new, it's very uh, angels s to be like incredibly late to everything. So, <laughs> Guess what um, we invented. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Move it on. I want to try this that is, mound. That helmet. I know, mound. right? Yeah. Um, this is two things. The Ruben some dirt on it dog. What and f- Sports Illustrated cover dog. Ugh. Your options are the twins, the diamondbacks, the mariners, or the Dodgers. Okay. What what was the first dog again? Reuben some dirt on it dog. God, that's so stupid. <laughs> These two seasonal dogs are worth every cent of their $30 price tag. $30. Each of these dogs 18 each of these dogs 18 inches long with a Shriners hot dog and bratwurst respectively. The Reuben is wrapped in a rye bun and smothered with mac and cheese, fried pickles, 
and green onions topped off with a secret sauce to create something truly delectably horrific for your doctor. <laughs> Bringing some jokes here. On the other hand, the SI cover dog has an onion bun and the Mac on this one is fried. It's beautifully layered flavor is rounded out by jalapeno, granny Smith, apple coleslaw, barbecue, aioli house cured beer pickles and green onion. Huh? Okay. All right. And, oh. One time, what this is impossible. <laughs> what are the teams again? <laughs> I'm not going to read it on all of these. So, yeah, uh, Diamondbacks, Twins, Mariners, Dodgers. That seems like a team that is desperate. I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks. You got it. This yes. one. Oh, wait, hold on. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got that one. All right. Um, that first one does not sound good to me. The second one sounds okay. The, the SI yeah. cover, but the first one sounds disgusting. Also, $30. $30. <laughs> All right. Here's a good one. Pizza cupcake. Ooh. Now I'm, Yan- I'm sold. Now. <laughs> Yankees, White Sox, Cubs, or Mets? Yankees, White Sox, Cubs, or Mets? Um, Pizza cupcake. I'm going to go... Who wants that Yankees White Sox? I mean, Chicago's a bunch of fatties. Let's go with the White Sox. <laughs> Damn it. Um, this one is actually the Mets. Mm, I was I mean, yeah, pizza, but well, I tried to pick all I did, you know, New York and Chicago. Yeah. We're we're basically so um yeah. yeah. So they got a pizza cupcake now. Sounds great. I could I could go for a pizza cupcake. Yeah, is um, it sweet or savory? It's it's like cupcake shaped pizzas. It's like okay. little right. little I'm, pizzas. I'm, yeah, I'm there for know. that. Yeah, that's good. Um, uh, donut burger. Yeah, the Grizzlies um, have a donut burger. Yeah, this has been around for a while. There's a yeah. local place here that does a donut burger too. Um, Braves, Rays, Phillies, or Astros. Braves, Rays, Phillies, or Astros. Braves, Rays. Um. Let's see. Donuts. Um, I'm being drawn to Philadelphia. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got it. There we go. Philly has introduced the donut burger. It's smart. It's uh, smart. Great, great year for them. Great year to introduce the donut burger. Yeah, I, I'm sure Bryce Harper eats one a day. Probably. Um, all right. Our next one. There's another combo of two things, like two different things. Okay. Garden salad jars and Coney dog egg rolls. Is that the Guardians, the Reds, the White Sox, or the Tigers? Guardians, Reds, White Sox, or Tigers? Um, those sound stupid. Uh, I'm going to go with the Guardians. Like some Cleveland bullshit. Okay. Yeah. So Coney Dog famously is a Detroit thing. So you've got the Tigers. But I I was, you know, places are doing it all over the place. But it is uh, Detroit is where they have introduced garden salad jars. Yeah. Wow. Does that sound good? Yeah. Best new ballpark food. Uh, You know, but, you know, we're trying to offer maybe (laughs) you want to go to a game and you don't want to just eat slop the whole time go somewhere else get a salad jar 
screw that. You know what? There's a, uh, in the bottom bowl at Coors Field, um, mm-hmm. there is a salad bar stand. And we go there all the time because it's the shortest line to get a beer. Because um, nobody uh. goes there. <laughs> <laughs> and they sell Coors. All right. Nice. How about a California roll bowl? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, your options are the Dodgers, the Giants, the Angels, or the A's. <laughs> <laughs> L.A. Uh, I'll go Dodgers. What, that's stupid. <laughs> mm. Hey. Oh, nuts. All right. You've gotten three correct so far. Um, all right. Red, white, and blue dog and dog. the okay. foul pole. Oh, I already know this one. This is Rangers. Okay, I was gonna say. I wondered if you'd remember that from yeah. our uh, from our oh, last. No. Remember the foul pole oh, because that yeah. offends me. Although I do yeah. want to eat it. Um, this was an early episode of ours where we did the uh, uh, where we talked about the foul pole. Um, let me see if I can uh, find what it's it. like a like a two and a half pound chicken nugget shaped yeah. like a pole. It's disgusting. Uh. This hefty two-pound chicken strip is truly something to behold, composed of eight chicken breasts wrapped together. This hand-battered fried concoction is accompanied by waffle fries, honey mustard, and ranch. Uh, The Red, White, and Blue Dog is uh, uh, a... The sausage underneath round out the savory... Oh, wait, here we go. Sorry. The Red, White, and Blue Dog is a loud and proud tribute to the old Red, White, and Blue. It includes... A gherkin's relish of best made pickles dyed red and blue alongside a strip of white onions. Gherkin. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, you got that one. Remember, of course, I should have known you'd remember the two pound chicken nugget. Oh, never uh, forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a few more here. Impossible Asian appetizer duo. Uh, your options are the Mariners, the Phillies, the White Sox, or the Padres. That reeks of Seattle. I'm going to say the Mariners. Don't. Ah, yeah. I thought I'd I thought I'd trick you with that one, and I got gotcha. you. Uh, Padres. The White Sox. Oh my goodness! Introduced the impossible Asian appetizer duo. Huh. All right, two more for you. Uh, this game is dumb. An, this is another two. Uh, this is another two, two, two banger here. All right. Um, the boomstick and peanut butter and jelly candied bacon sandwich. Now let me let me read to you what the the boomstick is. Um, looking for something so classically decadent that it might actually stop your heart. Look no farther than the boomstick. This hoagie is gas station food 2.0. Uh, it is a packed bun, an astounding two-foot-long hot dog slathered in a com- combination of chili, nacho cheese, jalapenos, and f- uh, fried onions. Okay. Two-foot-long hot dog. Yeah. Um, your options for this are the Twins, the Braves, the Orioles, and the Red Sox. Okay. Yeah. I was going to guess it was the team that had Nelly Cruz since his name is Boomstick. His nickname is Boomstick. You said the word hoagie, which points me to the East Coast because that's what they call it over there. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to go with Baltimore. Don't. Ah. 
So the Nelson Cruz uh, um, reference is fair. Uh, he was also a twin, though, which is where this came from. The but they don't call twin. it a hoagie there. Damn it. Well, maybe this writer is East Coast. Ugh. This uh, is this, ar- this article was written by uh, Stormy Verrett. Cool name. All right. Sounds like uh, a dog's name. This is the last one. And <laughs> Stormy's <laughs> Stormy's voice is really coming through in this one. Oh, and God. Part of the reason what I even flip? did this is because of this. So uh, all these other ones have been a combination of when, they, when they've included multiple items, sure. they just listed out both items. Okay. For this one, they editorialized the best food to get at this ballpark. Ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this section should be called. It'd be called yeah. ballpark. Ball- <laughs> um, <sighs> they combined three dishes that are now available at this ballpark. <laughs> and Stormy called them meaty delights. Wow. So, sounds like a dog. Um, where are these meaty delights available? Can you get them uh, at the Brave Stadium, the Astros? Marlins or the Rays. Oh, they're just called media delights. It's three new ways to buy meat from this rest or from this ballpark. What? There's like rib, there's ribs. Okay. There's um, here. Let me just read them to you. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, you're giving me nothing here. Um, honestly, we just couldn't decide between this ballpark's three new meat packed dishes, freshly smoked ribs, Short ribbed grilled cheese and Ropa Vieja bowl. Okay. Um, so it's those three that Stormy has de- determined to be called meaty delights. All right. And the teams, one more time, please. Yes. You have the choice of uh, the Braves, the Astros, the Marlins, and the Rays. I guess I'm going to go the Astros. It sounds like something Texas would do. There's a little Tex Mex in there. Um, yeah, I'll go Astros. Don't. I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, whatever. You can go to Tropicana Field, get yourself some meaty delight. God, Stormy, you suck. <laughs> meaty delights. I just yeah. love it. I love okay. it. What a, what a, uh, I was like, should I use this article? Then I read Meaty Delights. Like, yeah, yeah, and then, wow. Yeah, you were sold. Great. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, ben, you got three right. So Yeah, good. Yeah, you know, um, it's because you hate Thanksgiving. So. <laughs> uh, but to those who celebrate and those who enjoy, happy Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode as we descend further and further into the off season. I... Uh, <laughs> Feel free to reach out to us if you have anything you want us to discuss. Talk about birds uh, on Twitter and patreon.com slash talking about birds. Once again, shout out to the bird score. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. And until then, go John Mazalek signing Carlos Rodon. Ham. <laughs> Just ending on ham. <laughs> yeah.